The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Last Sunday, we began talking about something very dear, hallelujah, to the heart of God the Father, and it's business. You know, a lot of folks, especially Christians, seemingly spiritual Christians, believe that Jesus, or better still, God, is against business. And it's not true, see? There are some Christians that believe that if you're dear to God, you won't sell anything. But it's not true. We're going to begin from Luke chapter 19, verse 11. And for clearer understanding, let's use the New King James. It says, Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable, because it was near Jerusalem, and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, A certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. What does that sound like? Huh? What does that sound like? Jesus. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten miners, and said to them, do business. How? What did he tell them to do? All right, so... We learned the other time that Jesus commanded us to do business. As a child of God, everything you do must be done with a business approach. In a business, you define what you are out to do. In a business, you keep records. In a business, You should be able to judge whether you're making losses or profits. There's evaluation in business. Even your life, you must live your life with a business approach. Because drifters never amount to much. Verse 13. So so he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten miners, and said to them, do business. Till when? Come on now, till when? But his, his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying... We will not have this man to reign over us. So it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded his servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had what? Had gained how? By trading. Hallelujah. So we see here again, one, two, Jesus is my source for capital. He gave them money. Jesus is my source for capital. You need capital, pray to God about it, and God will touch someone's heart, or you will start with what you have, the little you have. He is your source for capital. And I always tell people that when it comes to life or whatever we do, start with what you have. See, start with what you have. But a lot of people don't want to start small. You ask someone, honestly, yeah, Pastor, I want to go into business and um, uh, I need like um, 50 million to, to start a business. You look at the individual. You live 
in a one bedroom apartment. Your bathroom is outside. You need 50 million to start a business. You're not real. You see, if you succeed in little things, God trusts you with more. So start with your 25,000. Which business can you do with 25,000? Start with that. That's why I tell business people, stop borrowing. You know, a lot of people are in debt today and they are praying for God to bring them out and he's not bringing them out because they've not learned. So you start from where you are. Praise God. Are you out there? As successful as Donald Trump is, got some money from a lot of people from banks and all that. And finally, lots of his businesses went bankrupt. I'll be aware of that. Most of those casinos you saw in, uh, what do you call it, The Apprentice, are gone. And that's why I tell you, I don't envy an unbeliever. I don't, no matter how rich he is. Because whatever is building on, if it's not the word of God, the future is not certain. There's a church I know that built most of what they do on the apprentice, and the church is in debt today. Because if you're following Donald Trump, you will have to be trumped. Hallelujah. I've learned a lot from him. But the final authority in business is Jesus. Amen? Look at this. It says, he wanted to know how much every man had gained by trading. Number three, Jesus is not against profit. But he's against exorbitant profit. You know what I mean? You bought the thing for two naira, you're selling it for 50,000 naira. You're a thief, you're a robber. Hallelujah. Look at this. Then came the first saying, Master, your miner has earned 10 miners. Notice the approach. They saw Jesus as the owner of the business. Number four, see Jesus as the owner of your business. You know, there are a lot of people in business and they say their business is not doing well. It's your business. When it becomes his business, it does well. I remember Letourneau, the man that built the first offshore rig. He went to pray. God told him how to build it and made a lot of money. Many times, they will be in dear financial need. And some, I think it was an accountant one time that came and said, sir, let's file for bankruptcy. He said, I'm going to fire you if you repeat that again. Because Jesus is our source. He will see us through. And they always came through. So you've got to see your business that you and God are in partnership. This is your kiosk. This is your shoe business. That you and Jesus, you are in partnership. You have to see it that way. Hallelujah. So you, you live that mindset that Jesus and I, we are in partnership. 
And if Jesus is in partnership with your business, he has a say in your business. That means you cannot cheat in your business. You cannot deceive in your business because it's Jesus' business. Because if it's your business, the pressure is on you to succeed. So you may want to cheat, you may want to lie, but if it's Jesus' business, the pressure is on him to make it succeed. Hallelujah. When it comes to this work, for instance, the money is the one calling the shots. This is ministry. That's why I didn't go and take another job. There are many pastors who have taken another job to help the ministry, to help themselves. It's their ministry. They won't tell you, in this my ministry, in my church, it's their church. If you listen to me talk, I'll say, there are things you don't tolerate in this church. You hear me say that? You won't hear me say, there are many things I don't tolerate in my church. There are two different things. So your business, you've got to realize that your business, this is, this is Jesus' business. Hallelujah. Says so then came the first saying, Master, your minor, notice your minor. See? So, we'll put it this way in number five. See yourself as a steward. So, in, 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 in the Jesus for business, you must see yourself as a steward. Go to Luke 16, please. Let's look at the parable of the steward. Since you're going to see yourself as a steward. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So as Jesus still what he has to say about how you spend the money. You know, there are some people that can just carry the capital of their business and go to Dubai. Not to go and buy more goods, to go and enjoy. They call it flex. And when things are tough, they cry, oh Lord, help me. But you're wasting his goods. Look at what he says again. He says, there was a certain rich man, which is the Lord, who had a steward. An accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be steward. So, you, as a steward, you are accountable. Order number five, as a steward, you are accountable. To who? Beautiful. Someone say, this is my business, I can do whatever I want to do. It's not true. You cannot do whatever you want to do. You ask him what you need to do. See? I remember listening to a dear man of God. They started their ministry with about $70. And um, in 20 years, 
their income was 50 million. While they were going through their straits in their finances, they said, they went on a fast and asked the Lord, what do I need to do? God said, give 10% of your income. This is about the second minister or so, or third, I'm hearing say the same thing. That's tithing. Because if there's a senior partner, he has his court, so to say. That's Pat Robertson's story. CBN, 7 o'clock. $70. 50 million. I know it's gone beyond that now. Because CBN is over 50 years. It started, I think, October 1st, 1960 or 1961. So you, you can think about that. Remember when, when, when the first time, the first woman I gave money was $5. But think about turning $70 to $50 million in 20 years. That's big. Give an account of your stewardship. For you can no longer be steward. So we can see that God does not entrust more. God does not entrust more to wasteful people. God does not entrust more to wasteful people. So now your business, do you have a book of account? Or is mouth you used to do your business? And how, how much do you earn that time? 35. I thought it was 45. No, it was 35. Are you sure it was 35? But boy, not steal from me. Give an account your steward. Your stewardship. There's something a dear man of God said in this country. He said, you manage well to grow big. You don't grow big to manage well. You manage well to grow big. If you don't manage well, you will not grow big. Verse 3. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do for my master has taken the stewardship away from me? I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I am reserved what to do. That when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors. Notice his master's debtors to him. And said to the first, how much do you owe my master? Now let me share something with you. I shared with you some time ago about a particular man. Um, who was going into business, they were taking care of uh, children that were physically challenged, children with autism and all that. They had this small um, place to it. And um, they were partnering with this man of God. And he was speaking about God enlarging people to do kingdom business that will shake the world and shape the kingdom and all that. And the man and his wife raised their hand that they are one of the people God is going to use. And... Um, he just prayed with them in faith. But he might have been doing some business and a lot of people were owing him. 
and he wanted to buy this large property that had a ranch, hostel accommodation, venues or weddings, large, you know the way they build those their properties in America. And um, he approached the bank to borrow money. The bank said they cannot give him the money. And he was wondering how he's going to get the other bidders and all that. So one day, the Lord told him, he said, I want you to call all your debtors and forgive them. Really? So he got his phone. You know, your debtors, they don't like picking your call. And he said, I forgive this one. I forgive you. Don't worry. Don't pay. Forgive you. Don't worry. Don't pay. And called all of them. And he got a call from the bank when it was done that come and collect the loan at 4% interest. They will not even give that interest anywhere in the world. At 4% interest. So they got the property. The property is making money. So many weddings because there are different kind of settings, different kind of hall in the same property. And the man of God stood and looked at them and said, I'm sure that would not have happened if they didn't obey that instruction and forgive those people. Now, I'm not saying you should go and forgive all your debtors. That's not what I said. What I'm saying that there could be something Jesus is telling you to do, right? So you better do it because it's his business. He could say, I want you to set aside some amount of money to partner with church. They'll say, ah, if I begin to partner with that one now, how will the business of It's his business. It's trying to establish you. There's a ministry that was owing $6 million. Six million. They kept on owing year by year, year by year, and was piling up $6 million. And the, the, the minister went on the fast. It's another minister. While he was fasting, God said, I want you to give 10% of your ministry income. And in one year, they came out of the debt of $6 million. They couldn't pay in years. We are just living our lives the way we want to live. Even me, I don't even spend my money the way I want to spend. He, he told me what I should time. He told me what I should partner. That's what I'm doing. Even the ministry, he told us what to do. When we started giving first fruit as a ministry, I never heard any ministry of the world give first fruit. He said, I want you as a ministry give first fruit. A correct sir. And when we started doing it, boom, ministry kept on exploding. Hallelujah. Are you all there? So I want you to think about it. Tell someone, think about it. You better do. He says, so he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. He's wrong. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? So, so he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commanded your just steward because he dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are, are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Just make friends. So there are ways we can make friends. See, 
you have a supplier that supplies you goods every time. Now this guy is supplying to Jesus. How, how do we do this thing? You could pay before time because he only supplies on time. And maybe you used, to, you used to hold back his money for a long time before you pay. You start paying on time. You've made a friend. Hallelujah. Very few people during Christmas send things to their customers. Your major, your major customers. Christmas time or whatever period festivity, find something, just buy to them and give to them their birthdays. This person is your major customer. Your major customer. I just come in and ah. You know, like Mr. Anna, I'm like, just, ah. hey, so when is your birthday now? I say, ah, it's uh, February 28th. Yeah. We'll come and eat to say, ah, I don't celebrate birthdays. So, ah, and he goes, February 28th, you and your wife, birthday cake, some maybe malt or whatever, bottle of wine. You just go to his house, pum, 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 pum. And he's like, ah, hey, you called me, you're coming. <laughs> I was wondering whether you were coming to eat to. No, 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 we brought this for you. So say, happy birthday. So nobody has done this for me. He will not be able to leave you. We're talking about doing business the Jesus way. He says the sons of this world are smarter. His own believers that do that. Christians, we always want to take. We are takers. We have takers. Take it. We take it. We have takers anointing. The Christian gives you Give you if discount, Seth. You want to reduce my tithe? So, God, can I take it? No, I'll take it. Very harsh. Don't carry your bad luck. That is my shop. <laughs> Give me that verse in the King James so you can see it. Give me in verse 8 in the King James. 8. It says, and the Lord commanded the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than children of light. So you think of how do I make friends with my customers? It might not be an expensive thing. You know, some people, maybe like um, Easter or Christmas, it might not be an expensive thing. You just add one little thing to it. Thank you for coming to our shop. Thank you for coming to our shop. Thank you for coming to our shop. Are you aware in the Christmas period, most shops were sending texts to their customers to come and buy goods. Some never sent Merry Christmas. It's selfish. See, there are ways you can win customer loyalty and success in business is retaining and multiplying your customers. You look at Easter is coming. All your customers, it doesn't need to be expensive. You just let them know that you're thoughtful of them. 
everybody will just be going, uh, so why do you buy such? No, I buy from um, my brother there. Hey, fine. Yeah, you buy from me, fine. Yes, yeah, so. Fine. Very good man. Very, very good man. No, I've never seen any person I've done business with in the past 50 years I've been doing business. If I is a very good man. See, the guy, that customer you want will bring another one. Because customer satisfaction is the key to customer multiplication. So he is bringing somebody else. Hallelujah. Are you out there? Are you learning something? All right. Verse 10, Luke 16, 10. New King James. He who is faithful in that, in what is least, is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least, is unjust also in much. Jesus is saying your attitude to your business now, if you are lazy now, you'll be lazy in the future. See, you've got to be pragmatic now. Paying attention to details. Something the Lord said, taking seriously with me, he said, anyone that is not organized in their personal life will never be organized in ministry. Forget about how good you can preach. And I was like, boy, Lord, that's serious. So now I want to get to know everyone's personal life. Because private philosophy determines public performance. Verse 11. It says, therefore, if you, if you have not been faithful in your righteous mammon, who will commit to your trust? What did he say? The true riches. You've not seen your customer for a long time. Don't just call him and say, hey, Joe, hey, I got new goods, Joe. Just call him, how are you? How is your wife? Everybody is fine. If it's someone that you have an interaction with, you may have to just go and visit him. Follow up or business follow up. How is everything? Ah, I've not seen you. I heard your wife give birth. And yes, so she gave birth. Ah, oh, this is this little thing my wife and I said we should drop. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, you, hey, they've gone. Which businessman has that concern for customers? Before you know it, from customer satisfaction, you move to customer multiplication. Because the percentage of the customers that you satisfy is what determines the percentage of customers that will be multiplied. So you have to look at how many, how many can I satisfy? You make sure your goods are the best. Don't sell fake things. Because on shops, you don't enter because you know all the things you bought, they are fake. You bought your high heel to a deck for your friend's wedding. As you're going, pure room, pure the thing broke. So now, you're walking like someone that needs healing. Or if you're like those ones, I used to carry one small slippers, one small bag slipper. You bring the slippers out after decking very well, and you now wear your beautiful gown for the wedding. You wear your slippers back home, back to sender. And that woman said the shoes was authentic. That woman, may God, may... may Sell authentic goods that people have sold us fake things in the name of is authentic. And the, how many of you get very angry when you see those kind of things? And you meet them, they will still be defending themselves. No, maybe it's your own. You make up this shop. 
And when you see somebody that wants to go there, so you go there. It's fake things they sell there. So now that dissatisfied customer is diminishing the number of customers you can retain. That's why if you watch foreign companies, if you order for pizza or something and there's a problem and you call the company that, I found stone in my pizza. Stone? They'll come. They'll say, we're very sorry. Please don't tell anybody. They'll give you more pizza. I say, how do you want big, four big ones? Or how? Nobody should hear. Like, nobody has taken care of me. Like, they know what they're doing. Customer satisfaction is the key to customer multiplication. Hallelujah. Is anyone learning something? So we're looking at doing business the Jesus way. He says, therefore, if you've not been faithful in your righteous mammon, who will commit your trust the true riches. And you've not been faithful, watch this, in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own. So you're faithful in what in another man's. You're concerned about your customers. There are some people, they are barbing salon. You enter and say there's hair everywhere as though this is where they gather people's hair to make whatever. You want to recycle the hair. Have you been there? Some salon, you see hair, hair. You don't want to cut your head. Some salons, you enter, the music is louder than where they play in studio. There's only mad people that cut their hair there. You just walk away. Because you are very okay. Even some salons that women make it, you see weave on, or what do you call that thing? Weave on everywhere, on the ground. Dirty. Hey, madam, now which one you want to make? No excellence. They don't care about their customer. They don't want to give you your own. They don't want to give you what you want. You tell them, I just want to cut the hair like this. And do it like this. Say, okay. And they cut the hair, cut the hair, cut the hair. They cut it different from your style. There's <laughs> like, no one I said, so can I this one fine pass? But I don't like it. But can manage. <laughs> I mean, if you have experienced this kind of guys, okay, you see. So you're angry. You come back again. I've been somewhere like that. Twice they did it. I, that place. You are not the one that tells me how my hair should look. If I want skin, give me my own. And you get what is your own, your money. Are you learning something? So learn to work towards customer satisfaction. Customer satisfaction. Jesus was concerned. They had been with him for three days. They hadn't eaten. What did Jesus do? The disciples came and said, let's send them away to go and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, no, we're not going to do that. We are not going to try that. What do you have? We're going to feed them. When he fed them, they ran back in multitudes. When the sick came, they were healed. When they saw the miracles they did on them that were diseased, John 6 verse 2, King James Version, give it to us in King James. Multitudes came. Focus on customer satisfaction. If you will prioritize that, profit will not be a problem. Profit will not be a problem. 
we are bound to start a school. When we start a school, you see what I'm talking about. Because when your child goes to a school, first time, first term, second term, third term, you look at the child, you tell your friend. We're not, we're not going to be thinking about, oh, we need to make money, we need to make money. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be, the school fees will be a decent amount. But you find people coming. Why? Because they're satisfied. So make sure that in all you do, you add value. You know what I said? In all you do, you add value. Don't do the least you can do. Do the best you can do. Hallelujah. Praise God. 